Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. Uh, in this episode today, we are going to be going over a lot of news. We had the esports awards just happen, and it looked like Call of Duty was going to get absolutely skunk egg donut in the in their awards, and then out of nowhere, they pulled off the reverse sweep, as Methods famously said on Twitter, and won a ton of awards. Uh, we've got show matches coming up between Nate Shot and Aix, Halo kind of posterizing us in the COD scene here, as well as the first HCS Open. Some more roster announcements, Scump winning a ton of prize money, tons of news. And then in our second segment, we're going to do an overrated and underrated section uh, with some random pros currently in the CDL. Uh, before we get into any of the news and get into our little second segment there, I got to ask Kyle, how are you doing this week? Oh, Ryan, I'm doing uh, pretty good. I'm, uh, you know, We're getting closer and closer to uh, the unannounced uh, CDL season coming up. Um, you know, we don't exactly know when everything is going to start, but, uh, you know, we're going to get there one way or the other. Um, by my calculation, we have like maybe eight, eight ish or nine weeks left. So, uh, Mm -hmm. let's, uh, let's keep plotting along here. All right. So like I said, we're going to get into the news first. We've got a lot to talk about, uh, mostly COD related. We're going to get into a little of the Halo stuff as it kind of relates to the Call of Duty. Cause I don't know how many of you are actually watching Halo or really following along, but if you enjoy this video, please be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe, and check us out on the audio platforms, and Kyle and I's Twitters are going to be listed in the description down below, but we're just going to dive right into the news. First thing being the Esports Awards. They just happened the other day. Uh, we looked like we were going to kind of get swept here in COD. I mean, early on, like we had a lot of players up for stuff, like the Rookie of the Year. They didn't win it. I believe there was like an Event of the Year uh, category, and like Champs was up there. Like All the big championships were up there. They didn't win that. So there was a lot of people up in COD and they weren't winning or COD orgs weren't winning. And then out of nowhere, towards the end of the awards, we started winning everything. Like, Because uh, early on, Nameless lost the analyst. I believe Chance lost color commentator. And we were just getting so close. And uh, Hex lost content creator, which is shocking because if it was based off fan voting, I don't think there's a way he loses with how big Optic is on Twitter. Uh, but what were your thoughts when we were sitting there and it looked like Call of Duty was going to kind of get swept and then out of nowhere, they won a bunch? Uh, yeah, well, uh, you know, for event of the year, I, I almost would have put major five up there, mm-hmm. uh, over, ch- over champs just yeah. for like, um, I mean, I, I know call of duty was kind of slow to bring fans back and it seemed like a big deal. Like other, uh, other esports might've been quicker to, uh, you know, solve that COVID problem. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. Call of duty was kind of getting, you know, swept under the rug a little bit, uh, you know, maybe you know. I I don't know if anybody's going to be up there, uh, chanting for Nameless to be the, the analyst of the year. But uh, you know, nevertheless, uh, you know, an integral, uh, you know, face on the on the broadcasts and stuff. But um, yeah, it was kind of kind of interesting to see you know Call of Duty start to take home more of the uh the the quote unquote big name awards. I guess uh, towards the end. Yeah. So the first one we saw one of our own take home was miles taking home best play by play caster, which I tweeted about this one. I mean, I can't think of anyone more deserving. I mean, there are some definitely deserving people here that won the call of duty awards, but I mean, play by play caster of the year. Admittedly, I don't know as much about like, I believe there was a league of legends caster up there in CS. I'm sure they were also very deserving people, but I don't watch as much of those esports, So I wasn't as familiar with them, but obviously I know what miles does and I know he's fantastic at what he does. I think he's honestly taken over as my favorite caster. I really like, uh, what Maven does as well, he's a fantastic caster. But Miles, man, his his plays on word and just how clever he is in the moment and how quick he is on his feet at just coming up with like a joke on the fly, but also being able to tie it in and like it's not like forced. He doesn't force jokes in there. He just like perfectly places 
some humor in the middle of his cast. And it's like, God, I don't even know how he came up with that so fast. And he's just fantastic at what he does. He took home play-by-play caster. That makes it now two casters because I believe Maven, uh, maybe last year, two years ago, took home the best play-by-play caster at the Esports Awards. So now we have two. Our top two casters in the CDL have both taken home that award. Uh, and I, I, like I said, Miles is so deserving. I was so happy for him when he won it. Yeah, I, I love Miles. Uh, let's not forget that he did most of his casting this year from his bedroom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so just to maintain that level of professionalism and uh, like wordsmithing, I guess. Um, just so remarkable. Uh, I hope he stays in the CDL for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it would suck to lose him. Uh, because I, I think him and Chance have really created, like, you know, they were kind of forced into that uh, that new duo after uh, Benson and uh, Momo. Like, uh, Benson and Momo left last year, um, you know, during the middle of the year, and it was kind of like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. it's going to be the uh, it's going to be the Miles and Chance duo broadcast now, and uh, you know, they they hit the ground running and just so deserving for Miles. Super happy for him. Yeah, also shout out to Chance. I, I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure he was up for the like the color commentator or the ant, not analyst, that's what Nameless is up for, but like the color commentator of the year for the Esports Awards, and he was also deserving. I actually, the first time I really remember hearing him cast was like Black Ops 3. I always stick so in my head because he's the guy that called the formal versus Assault 1v1 at Champs when Cloud9 took out Optic. So that's like the first thing I always think of like the first time I heard him uh, when he said Optic Gaming, we'll see you fudging later. <laughs> kind of playing on nade shot but um he i'll shout out to him because obviously like miles said in his speech none of it would be possible without having a great duo like chance so this is kind of half of chance's award as well with uh how the chemistry with them uh plays together and they honestly like you said i kind of forget that because they have such good chemistry it seems like they've been casting together forever but they just recently within like the last year or two became a duo because of other casters leaving so it's it's kind of crazy to think that they just recently became a duo and they're already this good together i really hope uh, one of them doesn't leave, especially both of them leaving, because I think that they'd be fantastic with anyone they casted with, both of them. But I, I just love them together so much. I just hope that they're able to stay together for a very long time, because, man, when you've got them and then you're also like, well, that makes if Maven and Merc are your maybe second tier duo. I mean, you can't go wrong with either of them being the first duo. But if you're saying that Maven and Merc are maybe your second best duo of casters, you're in a very good position. So uh, shout out to Miles, shout out to Chance. Very happy he took this one home. Yeah, totally. All right. Then the next award that we saw uh, Call of Duty win was Simp taking home console player of the year. Once again, it's. I'm trying to think of what other console esports are technically even our Rocket League was on there listed as one because it's mostly played with a controller. But other than that, it's like Gears. I don't know if anybody was up and not sure of too many other ones, maybe unless they consider like fighting games on there. But I mean, Simp is definitely deserving. He was the MVP of the CDL, he won the world championship for the CDL. I mean, you can't really say much about the guy and like he's obviously deserving of this i mean i don't have much to say here because he's so clearly deserving i was gonna feel uh like he was completely robbed if he didn't win yeah well just don't don't forget that he plays on a uh on a controller with aim assist so you know yeah take, take that with a grain of salt right doesn't count um, he can't aim <laughs> right but yeah <laughs> no totally uh you know sip has been probably the best player in the cdl for two plus years now um you know, we couldn't give him MVP, MVP both years. <laughs> um, you know, Shotzi had to win one year, so uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, just uh, not not really a surprise there. Uh, yeah, simp. What what else can you say? 
I mean, I, he's probably going to win a couple more of these awards, right? I mean, like I, I can't see him slowing down anytime soon. He's obviously deserving. So we can move on to the next one, which also involves Simp. Uh, and that was Atlanta Faze winning eSports Team of the Year. Also not a shock here. Uh, they were clearly the best team in Call of Duty. So if there's any team that was going to win it, it had to be them. They won, what, three of our five majors as well as champs. They won four of the six events in Call of Duty this year. Mm-hmm. So if, if anybody was going to win Team of the Year from COD, it had to be them. And I... Like I said, don't know as much about the other two esports and like nominees, but I gotta believe a team winning four out of six as well as that esports world championship is is probably the most deserving team. So, I mean, shout out to Faze. No arguments here. Yeah, it kind of comes, uh, you know, on kind of uh, cements their beginning of a uh, of a dynasty with this four with this duo or not this duo this uh, this team of you know Arcee's Selium Simpanovizi. I think Arcee's has said in the past that he wants this to be like the the next dynasty team. Uh, so you know, getting that, uh, getting the accolades to go with it uh, is definitely you know part of the puzzle. So uh, you know, winning four of the six events and I don't know, I don't know what their prize money was, but it had to be north of half a million dollars each, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, at least you know, probably close to that, I would say. But uh, I don't have the numbers here, but yeah, totally. Uh, Totally deserving for them. Uh, I don't have any argument there. No, absolutely not. Then kind of moving on to the two other ones. This isn't necessarily like fully a COD one. Uh, In fact, it probably doesn't have too much to do with COD because they didn't have as much success in it this year. But 100 Thieves, obviously very, very COD, um, very COD related, won the Esports Apparel Org of the Year as well as the Esports Org of the Year, which is kind of funny if you remember the Twitter banter early in the year, how Hastro was just calling them a hoodie org and they didn't focus on championships while well, they kind of won the award for both the one that means winning championships and being good in your respective esports as well as also creating a good brand and apparel once again no surprise here if there's an org right now uh, besides obviously phase because they're kind of like the the holy grail of being like a esports org as well as like the content and apparel org if there's an org that's killing it more than 100 thieves i don't know who they are because 100 thieves i mean every apparel drop sells out in 10 minutes the apparel is really cool i love it i've I've bought a couple things, a windbreaker and a sweatshirt from the apparel drops. They're, I mean, they're fantastic. And then esports org of the year. I know they had crazy success. I think they were like first place in the, in the split in league of legends. They qualify for worlds, which for a North American team uh, is very difficult to do. There's not a lot of any teams that make it to worlds. I believe their Valorant team won a championship. Their call of duty team was in the playoffs. So at least they weren't like horrible and they just had a great year overall. hundred thieves killing it. One of my favorite orgs out there. Uh, and I mean, very deserving, obviously, of both esports org and apparel. Yeah, I mean, they've definitely uh, cornered the the market of being a, um, you know, kind of like an exclusive. I mean, they are an exclusive clothing brand. Uh, you know, it's not like you just go on there and like add stuff to your cart and check out. It's like you you kind of you kind of got to wait for the the drops. Be refreshing. And, <laughs> yeah, you got to get in there. Get your you know, it's very limited quantity, but that's how they create the the value for their uh you know for their brand Mm -hmm. and um it's gone way beyond being just an esports uh team it's Mm -hmm. it's become like a cultural lifestyle icon um brand you know when you have you know investors like drake (laughs) behind you you kind (laughs) of get that um uh kind of like exclusivity and mentality behind your uh behind your brand and obviously uh you know nade shots put a lot of great people around him to run and manage this uh 
this company. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just uh, I really like 100 Thieves. I haven't, you know, broken the bank to buy any of their stuff yet. <laughs> yeah, it's mainly mainly because I don't know how to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm kind of a you know a, a noob when it comes to that. Um, but yeah, I uh, I I really like you know obviously I love how Nade Shot you know comes from the COD scene as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of our own, I guess. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that uh, you, know, you could probably make a, an argument that there might have been one or two other teams that could have gotten it. But oh yeah, I, I think Hundred Thieves is probably the right choice at the end of the day. Yeah, they also something you said about like they've almost transcended a little bit of esports, so they're becoming like a lifestyle brand with the clothing. At least that's like one hundred percent true because. I remember one time I threw on I, I the first ever Hunter Thieves drop I bought the the black windbreaker with like the I don't know there's like some writing across like the like stomach pouch and I bought that windbreaker and I, it was really cold I was in college walking across campus to go to class and I put it on and I like sat down in class and somebody com- complimented me on it and I was just thinking like oh this guy's probably an esports fan like I said thank you to him and he's like he started talking to me about Hunter Thieves and he like didn't even realize it was an esports org he's like yeah I just saw they had like a clothing drop and I love the clothes like it's it's a cool brand. And like I kind of asked him about like the esports, he's like, "Oh, they're an esports org." He didn't even know. So I was like, "That's honestly kind of cool to me because like there's obviously so many fans that buy because they're a fan of the esport, but it's like reaching people who like don't even know about esports, but they just think the clothes are cool." So yeah, they really are transcending esports in a way that I hope a lot of orgs can start to do and then draw people in. But if you got nothing else to say, we can move on to the last COD uh, COD award from the esports awards. Yeah, yeah, let's go. All right, console rookie of the year. God kind of robbed here. Uh, I felt like a Rocket League player won it, and a lot of people were saying it was the wrong choice in the comments. Obviously, I don't know. I'm sure if he won it, he obviously was pretty accomplished in Rocket League this year. I don't know too much about the player, but Insight uh, and Standy were both up for it, as well as Hydra, which, I mean, Hydra, in my opinion, should have won because I think Standy and Insight both had longer years. They both won a championship this year, so it's pretty hard to argue Hydra, despite how crazy he was this year and how good he was pretty hard to argue for him but i can't believe a guy like insight who just randomly comes in out of nowhere instantly in his first stage in the cdl wins a championship or even standy who has maybe the best comeback or one of the best comebacks in esports history not only cod history and wins an event doesn't win console rookie of the year and everybody was just saying they got robbed so i couldn't believe one of them did win it yeah i mean maybe that's one of the situations where like it's more just like uh you know, maybe COD was like up for too many things, and they're kind of like, "Oh, mm-hmm. let's you know, we kind of gotta spread the wealth around a little bit." Um, who knows? Uh, you know, especially if it's not necessarily a fan voted thing, uh, and they're kind of going to like some committee or, um, you know, some sometimes these like you know Academy Award things like for for TV and film, they kind of go to weird things that um, people weren't really expecting. Uh, I, I'm not gonna like sit there and cry about like them being robbed, oh, yeah. but but yeah, I mean, uh, de- you could definitely make the case for Standy or Insight to, uh, you know, have been holding that trophy. But uh, you know, nevertheless, I'm sh- I'm sure the uh, the Rocket League player, you know, totally deserves it as well. Definitely. So, uh, I just I'm don't not... know enough about the esport to really Ex- say exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure there's plenty of other awards where Simp won Console Player of the Year and fans of that eSport were crying that there's no way he should have won because they're fans of that eSport in kind of the same way we are with COD. So I'm sure it goes both ways, but eSports awards were fun. I like watching them every year because it's it's almost like our own version of the Oscars in a way. It's just kind of fun to see all the players there, and it's fun when you see somebody that you really 
are a fan of like miles win the award and get up there and obviously it's a huge accomplishment I and mean, it's like one of the pinnacles you can reach in your career as a caster is to get probably the most well-known uh, award ceremony in esports and you win the award to, for basically being like the best at your job it's like it's an awesome accomplishment so it's kind of fun to see them up there and get emotional and give their speech because it's like man like don't know him personally but he's somebody that i'm a big fan of and i love his work so it's it's cool to see their work get recognized uh next thing we have to talk about though moving on from the esports awards kind of dropped today as we're recording this on monday nate shot first aches show match uh, this was interesting to me i didn't see too much about it because i was at work when it was announced i just saw that it was happening watched a little hype video for it and then you kind of killed my vibe on it a little bit when you told me it was on vanguard uh, i thought it was gonna be on bo2 because the hype video showed so much like the bo2 match and stuff and i was like that's gonna be awesome they're gonna play it on that like new pc version of black ops 2 and it's gonna be awesome seeing like a lot of these older players because we'll talk about who it involves but it's happening December 1st. It's a best of seven on Vanguard, which is a little disappointing, but still excited to watch it nonetheless. Nate Shot aches two of my favorite players of all time, and I think it'll be super entertaining. Yeah, I mean, my theory for why it's on Vanguard is because they're bringing in some of these pro players. Um, I yeah. guess just, I guess really just uh, Clay and Krim, but, you know, to make, to have them go back and play a, you know, a, a PC remastered version of uh bo2 you know might not be the the smartest thing um i don't know uh that that might just be my thought or or maybe they have some like contractual obligation to like you know once uh you know once the uh you know maybe the sponsors want vanguard to be kind of propped up or something who knows but uh yeah i think it'll be kind of fun uh um yeah i think it's gonna be a really fun thing to watch i always love these show matches like this and i've been saying uh, on like multiple pods and on twitter and stuff i just want aches back in the scene in some way so if we get to watch him in a match and i'm sure like in the video yeah he was displayed in there like he was actually in the announcement video like doing an interview so i hope we get to see a bunch of him interviews in the day and stuff talking trash because there's nobody better for stuff like that than aches and you know even if it's going to be kind of for show he's going to talk his trash and be entertaining because that's just what he does so i'm excited for that but like we said, the draft, it's going to be a like a fantasy draft, basically, where they draft their team. I think that'll probably happen on like a stream before the event. And the draft's involving some big-time personalities, all former pros, but big-time personalities in the scene. Uh, it's involving Zuma, Formal, Clay, Jcap, Rambo, and Krim. So, obviously, huge names. Only Clay and Krim, uh, the two current players. You got coaches like Jcap and Rambo, Formal and Zuma, obviously, recently retired, but all, all six of them legends of the Call of Duty scene. So, It'll be really fun to watch how the draft plays out and to watch that play. I'm super excited. Yeah, I think it'll be fun too. You kind of get like two current players, two coaches, and like two kind of retired content players now. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get the, the so you know, there, there's going to be a good mix of, uh, you know, players, I guess, uh, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be kind of fun. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, it, you know, goes pretty smooth, and you know, I'm I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of like, uh, um, I don't know, like, what do you like, like viewership things, like, or mm -hmm. you know, kind of where you can like watch on different streams, or I'm sure they're going to have like, you know, Maven and Merc casting or something, or yeah, they'll they'll bring in some CDL yeah, casters, exactly. So you know, it'll be it'll be a fun little thing, but uh, or maybe since it's hundred thieves, they'll have Courage cast a little throwback. Oh. Since Courage is in yeah. these, that would make sense too. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I, I just thought of it right now. <laughs> yeah. That'd be something fun too. Uh, but also in the video, we had potential intel. This is obviously 
potentially and most likely nothing, but I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about. Aches was rocking a hundred thieves jersey in the video. Interesting, because obviously he doesn't have it in his bio. Like you said, after you saw it, you went and checked his bio and you're like, is he in a hundred thieves now? I don't think he would ever join an org as like a content creator because that's just not who he is. I don't think he really enjoys making content all that much, but interesting to see him like doing a partnership. I know him and Nature have become pretty good friends since like the incident happened. They both kind of stopped competing. They they came to an understanding of like uh, as competitors do that. They both just wanted to win so bad. And I think they're pretty good friends now, but didn't expect him to rock a hundred T jersey, even though he technically was a player for the org for some of Black Ops three regular season and an event where they didn't win a map. He was on the team in Hundred Thieves in the famous prison uniforms. Uh, if you've ever seen that picture of him, he literally looked like he was a cell inmate wearing the pinstripes of there. But uh, yeah, Aches, Hundred T, you think Intel? <laughs> uh yeah, I, I just didn't know what to make of it. Honestly, I, <laughs> I saw it and I was like, wait, why is Aches wearing a Hundred Thieves jersey? <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, nothing uh, confirmed. I don't know. Um, you know, he tweeted a while back. He like did that like uh that weird like simpsons gif where it's like it's official or whatever yeah um but then he was like oh no i'm just like signing a mortgage on my house or something and i was like oh okay like or like car insurance or something i was like oh whatever um yeah i mean i i don't know what his uh you know obviously it had to be like intentional to some degree but uh, uh who knows maybe it was just for like promotional reasons yeah, that could be. I mean, I really hope he's in Hundred Thieves because that means we're going to see a lot more of him. So selfishly, I hope he is, but I don't really think there's intel there. I thought it was just kind of a fun, fun thing to talk about. But do you want to move on to the next part so we can both be just basically our whole entire down bad segment here? Right. Yeah. Well, okay. So this segment is obviously just us basically just laughing about how much Halo is just dunking and posterizing us in the COD scene right now, and esports wise, even really in the new game. But I mean, Halo, especially competitively, has just has just dunked on us the past couple of weeks with how much they've they've told us about esports and the roadmap for the game and how much support they're giving. And we're going to get into kind of individual parts of that. But we've talked about this a little bit in the last pod. They had team skins on launch with a full roadmap for competitive. They have a full fledged ranking system on launch. And I mean, just. What are your thoughts on this, them having so much competitive support where obviously we keep being told it's impossible to have any kind of competitive mode off the rip. They can't give us an announcement. We still don't have an announcement of what the CDL looks like. We have no idea when it's starting. And here Halo drops and a day later they have a competitive roadmap and a full-fledged ranking system. Yeah, I mean, this might just be the case of, uh, you know, esports engine, you know, cutting away all the red tape mm-hmm. um, that, you know, Activision kind of, put itself in when they wanted to take over like the league ops and everything um with franchising uh you know this is probably going to be the the halo game for the next like better part of a decade as well Mm -hmm. um so you know it kind of remains to be seen how like what the longevity and staying power of the game is um but you know obviously uh I'm not thinking that far down the road. Uh, I don't think anybody playing the game currently is thinking like, oh man, is this game going to still like capture my attention like in three years or something? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, uh, I just think it's a total like, um, you know, obviously Activision, they're extremely profit motivated. They have to, they want to pander to the microtransaction war zone community. Um, I don't think multiplayer is getting like, the time of day it's just kind of 
it's kind of disheartening, but at the same time, it's like, it's just kind of this like learned helplessness from the competitive, especially the competitive scene. Yeah. Um, where it's like, man, I'm not even surprised that they're like not doing it anymore. Like, so, you know, I can, you know, get like down bad on Twitter for a few days, but it's like, it doesn't really like capture the, no the anger anymore. It's more just like, man, they're, they just keep doing it. Like, yeah, know. it's, it's almost like a situation of like you see it all the time like the one thing i i think of in comparison is like sports video games like when you have like a, a game like madden or 2k where they have just absolutely zero competition because nobody else can make a football or a basketball game and people talk about this all the time how it's the same game every year and the games have just been getting worse and worse for sports games and that almost is like similar to what's happening with cod right now there really hasn't been a, a fps especially on console to ever compete with it so they've just been able to kind of stay stagnant and just put out a good enough game to keep people like just kind of entrapped in the game, I guess like they've been able to just put out a good enough game every year. So it's like, you know, it's not the worst thing you've ever played. So like you'll play it cause you just love competitive and they can just kind of stay and there's no competition because Halo hadn't released a game since 2015 and you're just kind of chilling and all of a sudden, boom, Halo has been preparing for six, seven years to release this game and they drop it and it's so good for pubs. It's so good for competitive. They have everything you wanted in all the call of duty games. And it's like, shoot now it's time for either cod to kick it into gear and really get on their stuff and and help out not only us but the pubs community as well or just go full-fledged into warzone and to be honest i'm a little worried that they're just gonna say screw it halo can have this uh arena shooter we're just gonna have the br genre unlock but i don't know it's it's tough to say that's a lot down the road and we'll see if if cod answers in any way if the cdl can i mean they're basically i saw somebody tweet about i think it was like shotzi or i can't remember who it was it was a pro they said like we're we're down in a best of five, we're down four zero, and it's a search and destroy. We're down five zero and a one v four. Like we're basically laying on the ground dead. Just a matter of can somebody just clutch and at least give us a a puncher's chance and maybe let us pull a Minnesota Rocker or something. But we we are down bad in the COD scene compared to Halo. Uh, just to add some more icing on the cake, to, we've got some more things that they have been awesome with uh, on the side of three four three and Halo, and that's watch parties for all the tournaments on all streaming platforms. It's not like you can do like YouTube watch parties technically, I think with the CDL and which is going to get better now because like courage is on there, obviously and he has been and Tim is on there now. So like guys like that can watch it. But for, for halo, I think the tournaments are going to be streamed all on Twitch, but if you're a YouTube streamer, you can still uh, co-stream it and have watch parties for it. And if, also obviously if you're on Twitch, you can do that as well. So you can have guys like Tim and courage on YouTube still continue to watch it. Whereas you can also still have like Ninja on Twitch watch it, one of the biggest Halo personalities. And you can have guys like Nick Merckx, who also used to be a former pro, watch it and have a watch party for it. So that's something we don't have in COD, especially if you're on Twitch, which sucks because a guy like Zuma, who gets so many views for the flank, would pull in so many viewers to do watch parties, but he simply can't do it because he's streaming on Twitch. So it's it's super unfortunate that uh, COD doesn't do something like this, but just another thing that Halo's doing right. Yeah, totally. Uh you know, the whole watch parties. I mean, sometimes, I mean, a lot of the time, these uh, watch parties get more viewership than the actual yeah. like, uh, official broadcast. So just to speak on like where people want to get their, like how do they want to consume their uh, competitive esports, uh, you know, just opening that avenue up uh, would yeah. totally, even if you don't let them actually like, um, like show the actual gameplay if you just have like somebody opened up like commenting on it or uh mm-hmm. also i mean 
that's like one way you can kind of get around it too but like allowing um you know the, the streamers to actually have the the match playing and stuff i think that's just another stepping stone uh that you know call of duty i don't know if they'll ever get over that <laughs> unless their exclusivity with youtube goes away or something but uh mm-hmm. i guess we'll just have to wait and see yeah another thing full developer communication on issues they I, there was like a reddit post for somebody one of the i think it was a pro or like a competitive player was saying like hey i think this should happen uh in in competitive game modes only you don't have to put it in pubs but this should be in comp- competitive game modes it's been there in the past it had to do with like one shot melees on objective points and stuff which apparently has been in competitive titles in the past. I'm not too familiar with it, but they have full developer communication stuff like this. They had a developer on Reddit responding in like a detailed fashion. Like he wrote all paragraphs of why he it is the current way it is, why they could see changing it, why maybe they don't want to change it. And then he even asked pros, if you have any questions about it or want to talk about it, hop in this call. We can talk about it and like discuss this in detail. And I'd love to discuss it with you. And they're like completely open. And they're not like, like it seems like COD developers seem to get like, offended when somebody questions their game and has a suggestion for them where this guy was like you know i see where you're coming from this is a good point i don't necessarily know if it's 100 the right thing to do and then instead of just saying it's not the right thing to do and just ending it there he explained why it could maybe not be but he said i know i'm not like 100 right and i'd love to hear your opinion and wanted to hop in a call with somebody like the halo pros it's like that transparency and that that willingness to potentially change something in your game because it's better for competitive but also like understanding like that players have to understand your side like it goes both ways there's a reason things are put in games it's just like man why can't we have that like that full communication is so nice mm-hmm. like i just can't believe that they have that i mean can you imagine yeah. a developer in cod like when crim complains can you imagine saying hey let's hop on a call and just talk about everything yeah exactly like um yeah i guess we we've heard in the past like it just kind of reminds me of that uh when um when Scump and uh, Vonderhaar kind of had that little back and forth where yeah. Vonderhaar's like, let me rewrite that for you. Hmm. Just like, oh my God, just so cringeworthy. And, yeah, uh, like he can't even express his opinion. Yeah, or it's like the fact that like you have to have all the pros literally like rage tweeting, like subtweeting the developer, um, you know, for weeks on end before you even get like the community lead Vonderhaar to come out and like mm-hmm. say something is just so like is, I, I think it's just the bureaucratic red tape honestly like yep. obviously Vonderhaar cares a lot about the competitive scene and like how his game performs um but you know he's probably being told by people that sit in the office on like the 25th floor or something that he can't like that you're not to respond to like you know these rage tweets or something so um I don't know just uh Kind of the, the priorities don't seem to be straight over at Activision. Um, yeah, and it's not even like like people like when they're completely rage tweeting bunch of explicitives and like just like just saying like so much bad stuff and like they're just completely just not even like offering like constructive criticism, just absolutely bashing the game. I get like this is a product you worked very hard on, like it's going to get annoying and maybe you don't want to respond to that. But when players are actually like when Scump and the Vonderhaar, I don't think Scump was like completely just out of line bashing everything like. He was saying reasonable stuff like, why can't we have a league playoff launch? Like, we should be able to have this. And, like, they just completely shut it down. Like, that's if they're completely bashing a game and just offering no constructive criticism and just no nothing of like benefit, I get it. But, like, I mean, when the guy's just offering suggestions, you can't just shut them down. Yeah, exactly. But last thing we've got on the Halo dunking on COD section is what we titled it for our notes here is. 
in my opinion, I want to get your thoughts on this, but I kind of think it's threatening to do major damage to COD and the CDL as they just kind of sit back and do nothing. Well, all of like usually Twitter and COD Twitter is all COD all the time competitive and stuff. You get the sports tweets every once in a while and you get other like pop culture stuff, but it's usually always just all COD, all competitive all the time. And recently it's been like all Halo. Haven't seen much about competitive COD at all besides just complaining and people saying they need to switch and stuff. So it's just kind of crazy to see. And I think I think it's threatening as we go longer and longer with no response of any roadmap or anything helping us in the competitive scene. I mean, it took two weeks to fix a bomb glitch that like shouldn't have even been in the game. Not even that's not even a competitive thing. That shouldn't be in the game for pubs or anything. It took so long to fix that. It's just like I, I think we're threatening to do major damage to Call of Duty and the CDL as we just sit here and do nothing and let Halo continue to just make great change after great change. Yeah, but I, you know, you you might be failing to realize that, you know, halfway through the spring into the summer months, it's just going to be all hype about the next title. So, yep. People uh, forget. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody forgot about Modern Warfare. I mean, it kind of became a meme of itself, but nobody's like still living with the failures that infinity ward and i and modern warfare were for the competitive scene i mean i I still think it has a a very fond place in the hearts and minds of the casual player uh but yeah like i i think call of duty is is saved by its own machine with uh pumping out a new title every year and everyone just kind of forgetting and forgiving the the sins of the past um yeah and this is strictly speaking from competitive because I I know that they uh, you know they've progressively been better with their competitor with their like casual pubs and stuff and obviously Warzone has been a big boon to this uh, the system so um, I don't know if necessarily uh, you know the C I mean the CDL might suffer but I don't think Call of Duty is gonna suffer. No, um, I agree with that. Yeah, I did see though today. Um, this is something I wanted to add into the news and I, you kind of refreshed my memory and I did see today that there was a potential leak and it was reposted by like Deserto or I can't remember who, but it was a very like reliable, like news source, especially for call of duty and like esports and video games and stuff. And they actually said that a pretty reliable leaker who's leaked a lot of information on the next like modern warfare COD title. That's like apparently been confirmed, uh, also says that he's heard that call of duty could be doing away as soon as like after modern warfare with every year releases, uh, and they could be going to like every two years. And I mean, it's it's an interesting thought because it would give each developer more time to develop. It'd give them like a six year window instead of three. And then we could maybe have fantastic games. But it's also very scary because what happens like next year if it happens and we have modern warfare for modern warfare part two for two years, something that could get uh, awfully scary because you don't want to be stuck with uh, a bad COD game for two titles but it's something to think about if that could potentially happen. It, it's not a confirmed leak or anything, but something that could potentially be on the horizon that I saw today, uh, every two years getting a COD title. Yeah. I, I don't know about that. I just, I, I would highly doubt that just based on the track record of having a yeah. call of duty every year since like 2006 or seven or something. Yeah. Uh, and, so that and what you said, like, yeah. Yeah. What, what you said plays a factor too. Like, for competitive and for like having the game polished, it would be very nice for both pubs and competitive players to every two years have a release because the game would be much more ready when it's done and like ready to go out. But at the same time, like you said, it doesn't matter because if they release it every year, every two years, like they're just losing out on money if they do it every two years because they still have billions and billions of dollars in revenue when they release it every year. So money wise, they're not hurting to just continue releasing every year because people are still buying. 
Yeah, well, you know, they can every year they get to reset the battle pass, reset the skins and microtransactions and the COD like the, yeah. or the COD points or whatever they're called or the um you know, just, you know, I don't know, the seasons and all, you know, just all the stuff how they like nickel and dime people that really want to buy like the the operators and stuff um but yeah, I don't know. Uh I don't I don't see it happening, but <laughs> I, I would almost be scared if they did that and then we're stuck with like a subpar title for two years. Um, yeah, it, it's it definitely offers itself uh, where we talked about like maybe it's unwarranted, but you get that hype train going again around the summer for the next COD and at least gives you some hope if the last title was bad. But if if we know we're two years out, if we if Modern Warfare Part 2 drops and the game sucks and we know we're two years out from a game, it's going to get real bleak for us on the competitive side, especially. But Enough with the negative talk and the sad talk and us being down bad. We can kind of transition out to more news and then get into our second segment. We're going to finish up the Halo news talking about a little uh, a little bit of the open tournament. Don't have to talk about this too long because obviously we want to get on to some more COD stuff. But Karma, Clay, and Neptune uh, with one other player played in uh, that first open. They made it to top 16, which is pretty impressive. The second they started playing like the Halo Pro teams, those when they just fell down and got beat. Uh, which, I mean, you'd expect their their talent can only carry them so far when they play actual pros they are obviously going to get beat because, I mean, it's the same thing in COD. Pros from other esports can maybe come in and do well until they actually play the real pros and then they're going to lose. But pretty impressive that they made it to top 16 because I think there was like 400 teams in the tournament. So it's honestly solid overall. The Optic Halo team made a crazy run. I believe they were like, they won all the way from at least losers quarterfinals to semis to finals. And then they won two best of fives uh, against Cloud9, who I thought I heard hadn't lost a map leading into that at the tournament or maybe they had they said they hadn't lost a game i don't know if they meant they hadn't lost a series since they were from winners but they had very few map losses did cloud nine and optic made a crazy losers run one two best of fives and won like four or five losers rounds and one thing it reminded me of is man how much i missed those double elim tournaments like i've never watched too much halo esports but it was so exciting like when i, I decided to tune in later on sunday and i was like i'll, I'll watch some check it out and it was so fun to watch a team like everybody was cheering for optic in the chat and stuff and on twitter it was crazy to watch a team go from like a five round losers run to win a tournament and then win double best of fives. Like, God, I missed that in COD where you could have those crazy runs. Yeah, I don't. Um, I, I, to be honest, I didn't watch too much of it. I just saw that the you know, the final results and then like you know some of the COD pros tweeting that they were like top sixteen or whatever. Uh, it was mm-hmm. kind of cool to see. And then, uh, you know, just an open the fact that it was an open event too. Uh, you know, where you could just have like guys like Karma Clay, Neptune in there, uh, just playing just for like just for fun, I guess. Or, you know, mm-hmm. they were obviously being competitive, but uh I don't know, just crazy and, and another uh another way Halo's kinda uh <laughs> proverbial proverbially dunking on the Call of Duty scene. Um and yeah, the obviously the uh, the double Elim um you know bracket reset in the best of five uh yeah you know two best of fives i guess uh i i think that's a great way to conduct a grand final yeah um, and that second best of five went to a map five yeah so like the, there's nothing like that second best of five going to a map five it ended up being optic staketacular them which in slayer and halo means that they doubled them up like it's basically tdm that goes to 50 kills and optic had like 50 and uh cloud nine had like 21 so the map five ended up kind of sucking but like Man, that double living format, like that format, I miss it so much. Uh, but Halo peaked at over 60k viewers on the mainstream too, which is crazy because of how many people were kind of doing like Halo watch parties and stuff. So that like split it up. 
Uh, everybody was tweeting about it and super excited. Obviously, in the scene, all the COD pros, like you said, but I'm ready to move on from Halo into some more COD news if you are. Yeah, let's go. All right. So uh, it's crazy. Like we always say that this is down here, but London Royal Ravens officially announced their roster. This was, uh, I believe, like four or five days ago by now, but it, they literally announced it like the day after we recorded the last pod. So we didn't have a chance to talk about it on there, but we kind of knew what this roster was. So it's not like a surprise or anything. It's zero gizmo, nasty and Afro. I think we probably both have roughly the same thoughts on this team. I mean, they're definitely not like a guaranteed top team, but they're one of those teams with super dark horse potential. They have a chance to make some noise. They're definitely, at least in my opinion, definitely going to be at least competing to make that top eight and make playoffs. I don't think they're a shoe in by any means, but I think they're right. They're going to be right there. Maybe competing through that, like six through eight spot. I think they're a potential team to maybe find some top fours in an event uh, throughout the year and make a lot of noise because I think nasty and Afro could potentially be maybe one of the best sub duos in the league. Oh, there are so many good ones, but I'm really excited for this team. I'm going to go out on a, on a limb right away and maybe, I don't know if this is considered bowl, but I think they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, uh, especially if we keep like the top eight, go to playoffs. Like again, mm-hmm. we don't even know what the format is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tick, tick, tick. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'd be, I'm excited to see this team, uh, you know, talk about teams putting respect back on their name. I'm really looking forward to gorillas doing that. I'm looking forward to London doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Paris, unfortunately down bad, uh, (laughs) probably not the best case scenario for them to put respect back on their name. Um, but yeah, just to have them rep the EU scene, um, I don't think anybody is like sleeping on Afro anymore. I think he's like set up in the minds of people to really uh you know have a full year of breakout talent um so yeah hopefully he gets uh you know this team can you know turn some heads i because you know obviously the the more competitive teams we have and and the the less that i'm wanting to turn off the stream halfway through the day because it's like london or paris or seattle or gorillas coming up um the the better obviously yeah and i think they're like starting out the year they're going to be the team that i want to turn the stream on for more than most teams because they're just so unknown i just want to see what they can do so bad uh, there's just so much unknown with this team like we've said so i'm just super excited yeah. to watch them do you, do you think they have the ability to be like a fast starter or are they going to be like a slow burn like a rocker kind of deal i think maybe this is just me being excited about them but i think they're going to be more of a f- fast starter because i think they're going to come out in afro and nasty are just going to have so much raw talent that they're going to like fry their way through teams and they're going to be a fast starter at least like respawn wise maybe the snd will take a little bit and then i think maybe they're gonna like develop the search and destroy and it's i think i i don't know i think i think they'll start the year very fast and respawn and slow and search and that'll cause them to maybe lose matches they shouldn't and then i think they'll pick that up and they'll go from maybe being around the eight spot to cracking maybe that top six uh, maybe not in the standings, but like we see them as a top six team. So I, I feel like they're going to sure. start like, I don't know, hot and respawn, maybe cold and search. Okay. I just wanted to, I, I just didn't know. I don't think we had discussed that, but uh, no. Yeah. Interesting to get your take on that. I think Gizmo is obviously the X factor though, because we know Afro and we know Nasty, how good he's supposed to be. We just, I mean, at least me, don't know a ton about Gizmo. And if you know anything about me, I'm a big Zero fan. So really? I obviously think he's going to be pretty good. But I, th- I think, gizmo was like the guy to watch here I, I think if he comes out and he's a good player this team but uh, there's no ceiling for them in my opinion 
but we can move on to our next little topic here. Uh, once again, crazy. This is down down this far in our news section, but Scump wins the 100K solo Warzone tourney. That was absolutely nuts. Once again, this is something that happened like right after our last pod, so it's a little late for us to be talking about it, but uh, it happened just after that last pod, and that puts him over 1 million earned in COD, if you include like his COD tournaments, as well as uh, obviously the Warzone tournaments and stuff like that. So that's a huge accomplishment. Crazy to think that uh, he's made over a million dollars playing a video game. It's just awesome. Uh, but Scump wins that. It was nuts because so many of the players in it, there was a lot of pros. Like I know Clay and some other pros were in it, but uh, Karma and those guys, Krim, I think was in it. But it's crazy to think that how many like Warzone pros that technically are in that where like they've just been grinding Warzone for how many, like two, three years now. And like, that's like all they play and they play tournaments and stuff. So they're obviously more equipped for like the strategy of a tournament. And then Scump just comes out, obviously knows the strategy, knows how to play the game. And just with his raw talent, just guns everyone. And I think he had like the most kills in the lobby too. So it wasn't like he just camped his way to a victory and got the final kill. Like he gunned a lot of good players and like he gunned Huster, Huskers and Aiden at, right at the end there, two of the top Warzone players. And the, the moment was awesome. He's screaming. He like screams at his girlfriend. I just won a hundred K and it was, it was pretty funny. Uh, so obviously happy for Scump. And it was, it was cool for the competitive scene to have like a little moment of glory in what's been an otherwise kind of gloomy couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, I unfortunately was not watching this live. Um, you know, once I saw the Twitter reactions come in, I like tuned in and Scump has like 80 K viewers or something. And uh, just crazy. Uh, he's still kind of going off. He's getting like tipped by every, like he's like, I think Zuma and methods are in his stream too, like talking and, and stuff. It was just so cool. Um, and uh, I think this was like one of the, final uh tournaments for wars for uh verdansk war zone mm-hmm. as we know it uh because obviously the uh the new pacific one is coming in uh relatively soon i think it's uh in the beginning of december it should be um yeah but yeah so uh yeah i mean just kind of also like you know when you get a bunch of these pros and like a br it's like obviously like the number one war zone player probably isn't gonna win just like statistics would tell you just like in a solos br Mm -hmm. so Um, much rng exactly yeah so i mean obviously scum probably isn't like the the best like nobody would say he's like the number one warzone player like you you might say like aiden or obviously aiden or huskers or like somebody like that Mm -hmm. um but (laughs) i mean obviously there's no denying like when it comes down to winning a one uh, yeah at the very end and i i think he was using like the diamati for like the majority yeah. uh just so like obviously when you get a cod pro in a gunfight like i think the the, the odds might skew towards the cod pro winning mm-hmm. um and obviously somebody somebody like scump is oh you know probably gonna clutch up more times than not uh so yeah just so cool to see and obviously it was like a you know out in the open i think aiden had the high ground too so uh shouts to obi-wan um <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so, i yeah like you said if it's a pro versus a warzone streamer i mean gunfight 1v1 you're probably leaning the pro almost no matter who the pro is because they're a pro for a reason but it was it was crazy to see and like you said this doesn't mean scum's the best warzone player in the world or something there's so much rng that goes into it but a lot of Warzone just comes down to winning your gunfights, and uh, there's not too many people that can beat Scump uh, in a gunfight in Call of Duty, Yeah, regardless of what section of Call of Duty you play. But it's also big for the Warzone and comp uh, competitive Call of Duty cross-pollination with um, a lot of people tuning into Scump's stream. And there's 
I mean, let's be honest. You think Scump is so big, but there's probably people that saw it and they were like, Scump? Who Who is this guy? He won? And they went and looked and like, oh, pro Call of Duty player? And maybe a couple people checked out competitive Call of Duty because of that with 80,000 people tuning into his stream. It's hard to believe, like, from the world we're from, he's, like, the guy, the man, like, the most popular. So it's hard to believe there's people out there that don't know who he are, but they definitely are. There's people probably playing Warzone that have never heard of him. Uh, the scary thing is, though, it showed there's so much money to be made in, in streaming and playing Warzone for... Uh, for the competitive scene and the pro players. So hopefully this doesn't uh, kind of attract scump to it and wanting to leave us because we don't need pros, even more veteran pros leaving us for Warzone. So that's the scary side of it, but also probably brought in some new eyes to competitive, at least I hope. Yeah, I mean, definitely when you see a bunch of these like exclusive Warzone streamers, like you know, I don't have to name all of them, but uh, you know, a lot of them aren't, you know, com- they don't come from the competitive scene. So when you get a guy like Scump winning a uh, a major solos tournament, uh, you know, it, it can only be good for the the eyes to draw. And you know, we we've been kind of talking about this like theoretical cross pollination, and like I don't know if there's any statistics on people that you know are only Warzone people, and then they come to see competitive, um, you know, after seeing yeah, the Warzone thing. Yeah, I don't know if they like could do like a focus group survey or something. I don't know. I'm kind of getting into the analytical side of it mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, just to see if it's actually something that's coming true. But um, yeah, uh, I think it's a uh, very beneficial to uh, you know t- to continue to have pros play in these Warzone tournaments. And obviously, since we're on the same engine, it's not as big of a concern as it was during the Cold War year, uh, where you had a lot of pros that were like, "I'm not going to play Warzone," uh, you know very rarely if at all during the competitive season yeah it's now that it's on that same engine maybe we'll see a little bit more of that uh and maybe we'll see them playing a little more like tournaments on their off time and stuff during the season something else remember when we had i I was just gonna say like remember when we had the uh like the cdl during modern warfare when they did like the Mm -hmm. the uh the war zone thing and like rambo ray won it in a in a bertha truck or something like yeah and like just break time boys played and stuff yeah like what if we have more of that during the cold war like Mm -hmm. or sorry during the vanguard uh season just something to think of yeah it it would be interesting and could be like we said good for that cross pollination where players will actually play this time and maybe bring over some more war zone fans it'll definitely be interested just interesting to see uh kind of in the same vein in that same tournament our old our old buddy blast from the pro scene left for like 15 hours straight and slept through the 400k tourney that was like on on the same like platform i believe it was like the same weekend attorneys and the story got picked up by barstool sports is like hey esports player sleeps through uh tournament a four hundred thousand dollar tournament sleeps 15 hours it's like it seems like barstool only talks about esports and they only pick up our esports stories when something's so negative it makes us makes all the esports players look like they're bums that like they fit the stereotype of like sitting in their parents basement eating doritos and drinking mountain dew and playing games and sleeping all day like it's like god obviously blast doesn't do that all the time and he, he usually shows up on time for his tournaments but it's like of course the major news outlets have to pick up the story when it's something negative for esports because people like to talk negative on it but it was it was kind of funny in the long run but like my god dude how do you sleep through that like you have such an opportunity to make some some money he's like yeah i just didn't set an alarm because i didn't think i'd sleep through it like dude you have a kid like how can you not be responsible enough right. to set an alarm and wake up well coincidentally this was for a lifetime supply of doritos <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's kind of funny um and like i think huskers and uh some other guy ended up winning it uh so 
just kind of funny uh that you mentioned like eating doritos in your yeah. mom's basement or something yeah um, so yeah it's, it's like not a major story but i just thought it was a, a funny thing yeah yeah so i mean we don't have to spend a whole segment on that but just uh yeah i mean and and it was i just thought it was funny that it was also tweeted from like the barstool main account as yeah. well like not their like esports or their like mm-hmm. video game like twitter but yeah, yeah so they went all interesting on. yeah all right we've got like the rest of our stuff we have little, little challengers news and then some like game game related patches and stuff to talk about before we get into our second segment uh first one the diffuse glitch was finally fixed you know i would normally say this wouldn't be news because it's just like uh, an issue in the game that it would usually get fixed right away but uh obviously it lasted like two weeks for it to get fixed uh, about uh, it's just ridiculous it's basically been on in the game since launch and just like yesterday or two days ago it got fixed finally ridiculous that it took so long because it's not like this was just like a a minor little competitive detail that was like in the game by accident it was like god this needs to get fixed this was game breaking in pubs you couldn't really play search or destroy legit if you were just a casual player you couldn't play it if you were a competitive player like it, it the fact that it took him that long to, to fix it is just stupid <laughs> yeah um i mean i think maybe for a call of duty related like gameplay thing this is my this might be one of the faster turnaround times um but that just kind of speaks to you know maybe how quickly things have been addressed in the past or at least in the past few years like um but yeah so uh yeah definitely glad that we're able to play search again mm-hmm. yeah it's i played a couple like tournaments and like gbs and stuff and it was just so not fun it was like you kind of have to use it if you're on defense or if you're on offense and you plant you kind of have to use it because like to just like pretend like you don't see him diffusing it's like what well, you just you're just gonna throw it around because you don't want to like use the glitch but like it was so annoying if you were in like a 1v1 or a 1v2 and they planted the bomb uh you might as well just go jump off the map like it was impossible to win because if you try to find them and kill them they're just hiding somewhere deep in a corner buried super far away from each other so you can't two-piece them and the second you hop on the bomb they sprint to it and kill you it's like it, it was so dumb and so game breaking so i'm at least glad it's out finally so i can play some legit search and destroy but the fact that it took right that long is ridiculous and then yeah. what did yeah. you have to say no, no i was just saying like yeah that it's totally like um you know any smart player wouldn't like stack up or anything like where you could just like two-piece them like you said like they'd be yeah waiting to like pinch from like you know deep in a corner like he said so uh, it takes all the fun like there's yeah. no clutch like exactly. those yeah. 1v2s where you make an insane two piece and get the diffuse that's like the fun part about search and you just couldn't do that uh then also the bloom was adjusted to be much less on smgs shout out to, to uh i was about to say treyarch sledgehammer this is a big fix that really matters because I don't know, like the main video that everybody saw on it was Illy when he wasn't even that far away from somebody and he was like top church on Demansk and the guy was running by and his his crosshair was perfectly on the guy, aimed down sights, everything, and not a single bullet was hitting. It was just like missing him because you have to like lead your shots when you're from range because of the bloom uh, and like not it not being hit scan. Uh, so this is this is a good fix. The the spread one from like basically being completely random to actually like being very tight. So like your, most of your shots are at least going to hit. To me, it's still not enough. This isn't rocket science sledgehammer. Just make it hit scan. It's like it's not. I don't understand what the point of like this realism BS and Warzone BS and trying to have bullet drop and stuff. Like just just make it hit scan. Like in Black Ops Four, it wasn't hit scan, and the SOG was horrible. You had to lead your shots, and players complained enough that eventually they just 
turn the SOG to hit scan in the middle of the year, and then it became like a super good gun, and it became balanced because you could actually hit your shots with it. Like, I, I, I'm happy they made it less balloon, but just make it hit scan. Like, if I point at somewhere in Call of Duty, I get in Warzone, maybe want to have bullet drop with all the range and how big the map is, but like, if I'm playing competitive COD and I point my iron sights at somebody and I shoot and I'm on the target, it should hit. I, I don't think it's that difficult. Yeah, I mean, you can, uh, to also speak of uh, like that, like, uh, you know, back in the day when like you didn't have subs gunning ARs off headies like across the map and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know it's kind of transitioned into like, you know, bullet like, uh, or like beaming, like subs beaming and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I would definitely like to see the, you know, gameplay physics, uh, you know, have a delineation, like a, a bifurcation where, you know, Warzone has obviously like to to kind of limit the effect efficacy of snipers and stuff. You have to have bullet drop and like, uh, you know, travel time and stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think there should definitely be a split between the two and like. I get why it makes sense for Warzone, like you said. It's just in in competitive and even in like pubs and casual play, it just it doesn't have a place, uh, in my opinion, at least because ARs are always hit scan. So why can't the subs be? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, uh, I agree. But moving on to our last piece of news, we got some challengers stuff. Uh, the first challengers tournament. There's like a couple in December, a couple in January that were announced ahead of the CDL, which makes me think the CDL is either starting like late January, early February, but. Uh, the first Challengers tournament officially announced December 4th, and Latin America will be an official region for the first time in Challengers. To me, this is really cool. Kind of reminds me of like the NBA. Like as as soon as like the 80s and 90s ago, they had like no international players, just all United States. And now, like you've seen COD, they've always had like since the beginning, like they pretty quickly expanded into like Europe and Australia, New Zealand, and like stuff like that. But we've got those regions. I I think like there's a lot like. Asia has been a lot more involved. I don't think they're like technically officially. I think they're included in the APAC region. I think that's like Asia Pacific. Um, but you don't see as many teams out of there. But we've been seeing like more Japanese teams recently. Uh, I've I think I've heard like France has an uptick in teams. Germany, we've never really seen has an uptick in teams. Spain, like places like that. And now all of a sudden, uh, Latin America is also going to be added to that. We're going to see uh, potentially a lot more teams from there, which to me is just awesome. I love to see the league expanding to different countries. It's I, I can't think of a negative to it, to be honest. Yeah, just hopefully that Challengers gets a little bit more uh, support down the line, uh, and mm-hmm. maybe they're able to have like a LAN at some point uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like the logistical part of uh, you know server locations and uh, everything, I- I'm I'm sure it makes it hard. But you know, mm-hmm. if they really wanted to invest in it, I'm sure they could uh, make it work. Yeah, and it's it's also going to be good for maybe the CDL and future as well. Cause like, I'm sure there are plenty of good uh, call of duty players, or maybe they haven't even discovered that they could be good that are in Latin America somewhere that just need the chance. And all of a sudden they're going to start, obviously like they're probably not just going to start up and be just as good as NA players. Cause I don't know that they have as many, as much experience playing like the pro scene, but that's how it was with Europe and NA when like, uh, like Black Ops 2 time, like European teams were just absolutely dominated by NA teams because they had so much less experience. And then as they got more practice and stuff, now they're basically on uh, an even playing field. NA wins more still, but I mean, like this year we see Ultra being so competitive for so long and so many European players coming up and winning like Rookie of the Year, like Insight. And you got a guy like Cami being an MVP contender, which would have never happened in the past. And it could be good because maybe there's not a lot of Call of Duty fans in Latin America because it's not a big esport there. But with challengers going there and there maybe being a path to potentially become a pro, maybe we'll see some more fans from there and just continue to, to grow this esport with 
different countries, which I mean, it's it's always going to be a good thing. Yeah, I echo everything you said. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, maybe Latin America has an expansion team down down the line. Yeah, that'd be uh, awesome too. Expanding all over the world would be great, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, there's just logistics and how much, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe we maybe we can get a twelfth team before we get sixteen. True, we got we got to actually fill the <laughs> league up with the current spots before we expand. Exactly. Uh, then the last thing we have also challengers as well. There's third game o concerns for this first tournament. Like we said, that's December fourth. Looking down on my little. A little calendar here in the bottom right of my my computer screen. It's it's the twenty second of November when we're recording this. So December fourth is coming up pretty quick here. Only a couple weeks away. We don't have a third game mode. I saw from CDL Intel. He said that control is expected to be in the game by that time, but it might only be like two three days old. It might be like brand new, so teams won't have enough time to actually like practice on it and make it competitive because it'll just be like they just all started playing it won't be competitive so they said they could be playing two game modes like the tournament that i worked this weekend it was just hard point search hard point hard point search for a best of five which kind of sucks because i mean three hard points gets a little old in a series you like to see that change of pace mode uh but they also said they could potentially play domination uh, as a third game mode i mean i just no i don't want to see domination i don't want to like have them play domination with all controlled and like you know what actually dom's fine then they delay control and then we're actually playing domination or something i can see them pulling off some bs like that like yeah that's fine we don't we're lazy we don't want to make the extra mode just just don't make them play domination that just sucks and why would they scrim domination for the next two or three weeks just to have it taken off after after one tournament just just don't put domination there i'd rather see three hard points and two searches in series yeah i don't know um again just wishing that we had uh a third game mode at launch so we could have been seeing like scrims or something like control scrims or ctf scrims or something um mm-hmm. i'm expecting it's probably going to be control just based on what we've heard but uh i guess uh, i don't know just i'm not feeling dumb man i'm it's gonna no. put me to sleep when, no, when, I, when, when you said domination, I, I let out a big yawn. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like it's awful. Yeah, the it's, only it's, way they can make it better is by like if the score becomes mathematically impossible, the game just ends. But still, even that, I still don't want to watch it. Like, I, I don't care at all for it. Uh, if we absolutely have to play it, I hope it's only that one tournament, uh, and I hope it doesn't at all go into the CDL. Uh, you ready to move on to our second segment, though? After we're kind of through the news, yeah. All right, so this was just something we thought would be kind of fun to do. We don't even have the players picked out or anything. We basically have them all kind of like on a random generator, and I'm just going to spin the wheel and see whose name pops up. We're going to be doing a segment here where we're just saying overrated or underrated, or if you really feel like you can't say one, you can say properly rated. I think both of us are going to try to avoid that as much as possible because that almost seems like the cop-out answer. Try to avoid saying properly rated as much as possible. Go overrated, go underrated. Uh, if you say a player is overrated, it doesn't mean you think they're bad. Maybe people just say they're a god and you just think they're they're maybe not. Or maybe people think they're S tier and you just think they're A tier. Or if you think they're underrated, and, you know, people have them in D tier, but you think they're even C. It doesn't mean that we think they're incredible or terrible. Just from where we believe uh, they're rated, uh, what we think they are in comparison to that. And that rating comes from uh, where the community ranks them. So like where we kind of see, like if we see the community always praising them, obviously we think the community thinks pretty highly of them. So you might think they're a little overrated, but that's basically what we're doing. We're going to kind of judge where we believe the community thinks they are uh, in comparison to where we uh, believe they are. So I got a wheel here. I'm just going to spin it. I'm going to read off the name. So neither of us know what's coming. 
uh, and we're just going to kind of go. If they're one of the rookies, it's obviously going to be harder to talk about. Uh, but the wheel just spun. It came up with a pretty interesting name. I'm happy it came up with this one because uh, there's points of the year where people were calling him the most underrated player. And then people started to say he was overrated towards the end of the year. We have Asim as the first player. Oh, this is a really good one. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Um, Asim. So I feel uh, like, I mean, to start out, he probably like going into last year, people would have said uh, he was probably overrated before Cold War because like he made it onto a CDL team and a lot of people don't didn't think he deserved to be on a team. Uh, and then obviously coming into the year, people were like, my God, this might be the most underrated player because of how much he did. And then as New York started to fall, people said, eh, maybe he wasn't as good. So he, he's been all over the place. Yeah, I don't know. I might say that he uh, he might be underrated still. I believe he is too because of his... I think he might have almost become a little overrated at some point last year because people were calling him like one of the best subs. And he's up there, but I don't know if he's one of the best. But I feel like nobody talked about him in Roster Mania at all. It was like he went to LAG, but like you didn't hear rumors of him going to other teams. He didn't seem like he was super sought after. And like... I feel like the community's kind of backed down on him and they're kind of just like, you know, Gunless could be a superstar, Slasher, superstar, Hook, superstar, and they're kind of just like, yeah, Asim's there. I think he's underrated right now. Yeah. Do you agree with that? I do, I do. I think that, uh, yeah, when you talk about sub-duos in the league, I don't think people are bringing up Asim and Hook. No, and that I think that is also partial, partially because people are low on Hook as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I think just... From the last couple months and where we saw him at, people are just kind of not expecting him to do a lot this year. And uh, I think the way he plays the game and he does all the dirty work, which dirty work players tend to be the ones that are overlooked as well. So that kind of plays a factor into it. I just don't think the community's that high on him unless you're part of the Zoo Mafia because they love him over there. But I don't I don't think the community's too high on him. So I'm going to say underrated for Asim. And you seem to agree with me on underrated. So... We didn't have a dispute on that one. I feel like we're going to have some disputes, especially as you get to maybe some top players. Uh, I think we can kind of skip over the one I just got because it was a BZ. Uh, I don't know if you think he's overrated and you have a hot take. I think he's just properly rated. I think that's pretty simple. He's rated as one of the top players, and he's a top player. (laughs) He's properly rated. Yeah, there's there's not much debate there. Uh, Oh, God. I might have to just sit back and let you talk a little bit here on this one. We've got Clayster. Oh, this is, Clay's this is your guy. Um, shoot. Clay is... I think he's properly rated. Think so? I don't think... I mean, obviously he had a very, very good year. Like, he had a very, very good, like, mid-year statistically um, for uh, subliners. Uh, I don't... I, I, I think his, like like leave of absence deal kind of brought him back down to earth a little bit. Um, and I think as a team, New York might be initially overrated slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Clayster as a player is properly rated. Yeah, I, I think, I think I agree. He's, he's definitely like, if I'm going to pick an overrated or underrated, it's barely. I do think he's he's close to properly rated, but I'm actually going to go underrated. I think he's underrated. I think I think going into last year, people were really high on him, and then like throughout the like first couple stages, people were saying, like, this might be Clay's best game, and then he had his break and stuff, and whatever went on with that, but like I feel like after that, people were... Hmm, 
people were maybe not as high on him. And I feel like coming into this year, people are kind of overlooking him. Like you've got people like hyping up Dashy on Optic and you've got people hyping up Arcities, obviously. And people are excited to see some of the rookies like Gizmo and Dave Patey, like who could potentially be on main ARs and stuff. But I feel like people aren't hyping up Glacier as much. Like even myself, I, I sometimes overlook New York a little bit in these preseason rankings. And I, I don't know. I think Clay's going to come out and be a top four AR again this year at a minimum. So I feel like people aren't necessarily like shooing him in as that, where I feel like as long as he's focused and like, you know, at, at where, where he's at in his career at any point, he could just kind of lose the passion and maybe not be as good in the game like we saw formal do. But until we see that happen, he seems to be as passionate as ever. I, I think he's a little underrated. I think he's almost locked and loaded to be a guaranteed top four AR. And I don't know that the community thinks he is that. Oh yeah. I don't know about top four. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I could see. I don't know. I mean, if if the cards fall where I think they may, I yeah, top four seems probably right for me. I mean, you've got your RCDs and your Insight who are basically locks to be up there, but after that, I feel like Clay can compete with any other AR in the league to be in that three through three, four, five spot. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say you're right. All right, we can move on to our next one who. It's another. We're getting the 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 random draw has given us some good, some good names. I was hoping we really didn't hit anyone on Paris. Besides, there's one guy I'd like to hit. Uh, but the random draw gave us skies. Another like super interesting one because he's he's somebody that's really loved by the community. It seems like and very highly rated, which is why I think they, I'm going to lean towards overrated. Yeah, they've been having some good uh, scrim results too. Yeah, they have been. Which is shocking because I, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting if they were ever going to become a good team, it was going to be maybe after a roster change or a little bit more into the year. I wasn't expecting them to be a fast starting team, uh, which, I mean, scrims, you can only take so much from it, but they've seemed to be a fast starting team at least. Yeah. So you said he's underrated or overrated? I think overrated because I think he's a fantastic player. And I, I it sounds funny to say overrated and say this, but I think he can be a top 10 player in the league. I just feel like people don't even question the fact that like he's i don't know like people don't even question the fact that maybe he needs to move around or maybe he needs to switch teams there's like yep skies on florida like he should never leave they were like they'll just build around him like he's just such a great player and everybody thinks he's like this like elite main ar but like when i look at it like i'm taking our season inside over and i think i'm taking clay uh you might be even taking guys like a slasher and stuff over him and then you start to get into like he's in the middle of the pack of ARs potentially. So I don't know. I feel like people like shoo him in as like an MVP candidate like he was in Modern Warfare, but I just don't know that he's an MVP candidate. Yeah, I think that um the Cold War season kind of brought him back down from his mm-hmm. uh MVP Definitely. candidacy here. Um I don't know, maybe he's Oh, maybe he's underrated going into this year. You think? I can see the argument it, for that. Maybe. I mean, based on their early scrim results, I know that's way too, way too early scrim results. But uh, you know that they've actually like taken phase on a few maps and stuff, and um, people were kind of questioning is is he gonna like fit that flex role? Um, since we assume that uh that Dave is gonna be taking the main. Hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I can see the argument for underrated. Maybe. Maybe underrated. Yeah, because people are lower than they were. And I do think people could maybe be lower than the caliber of player he is. I guess I'm looking at it from the standpoint is we did it almost seems like we kind of almost agree, but we're just at different points of where we almost think the community's at. I think the community's almost saying he's still a top ten player. And I don't know if he's that. 
And it seems like you're saying like the community is lower on him than they should be. So it almost seems like we're just different points, but almost like agree. Like, I don't know. I would say for me, the community almost views him as like a top 10 player, like borderline S sometimes. And I just don't think he's there. Yeah, I would say, I would say that's right. So I think we're, we're split on that one. I think he's a little overrated and you think he's a little underrated, but I both think we're like on like both sides of like barely for that. Oh, we got a fun one for our next one. This is the guy I just said something about him. This is the guy I wanted on Paris to talk about, and that's Temp. Kind of a, a player who hasn't got as much spotlight because he was on New York and they were all right, and then he was on Paris and the Thieves team that didn't work out and made 8,000 roster changes. But I, I have an opinion on Temp, so I want to know where you think he is. Uh, I th- I think Temp's appropriately rated. You think so? I don't think, I don't think people are too high on him. Um, I think he's just kind of still... Uh, I don't know. He might just be, still be kind of like riding the... Uh, you know, his, his good... I, I think he's in good standing with a lot of the pros. I don't think... Mm-hmm. Obviously, if he's gotten spots in the league uh, the last few years, I don't know. Um, but obviously, he's not getting looked at for like any of these like top top tier teams he, you know he had a brief stint on uh thieves last year um so mm-hmm. who, who knows i don't i don't know i'm 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 kind of indifferent i'm just gonna say I, i'll let this seems to be something that you want to take take up so I'm, I'm just gonna say he's appropriately rated uh yeah i see where you're coming from i i can actually I like you made some pretty good points and i can see why you'd rate him there but in my opinion he's 100 underrated uh i think the reason I say that is because I'm pretty sure most people have him in like the bottom of the league. Like he's on Paris and people are just like, they don't believe in him. And they like, he's a fringe CDL player. Like a lot of people like are like, he's on Paris because eh, he shouldn't be on the roster over a lot of these players. And like, we've seen temp recently. Like he yeah, he was very good at one point in modern warfare. And I don't even think he was bad on thieves. Like he was always dropping around a one for his KD. He was making good plays. He was a good search and destroy player on thieves early in the year. And he got just, relegated to a terrible Paris team and I don't know that there's a lot he could do about it but like we've seen him at multiple different times like recently in his career be a top player in a game and I know he still has that potential because he'll still snap every once in a while uh you're watching scrims and he's still snapping and stuff and you know he's got that talent it's just a matter of can he get motivated with a team that maybe isn't expected to be as good which we haven't seen uh which also plays into the fa- like a factor of who you are as a player and stuff um but I do think that he he's underrated because quite honestly like like i said i think people are viewing him as like oh if there's 48 players in the league he's in the 40s and to me i think he easily has the potential to be in the the teens and stuff so uh i'm gonna say temp's underrated that's fair um i don't know you know it, it might just be the teams that he's going to be surrounded by mm-hmm. might not allow him to to really shine um you know, as high as you think, or as high yeah. as he could be, I definitely think if he had the right team, he could be. But uh, you know, this is kind of, at least I, I, I think I'm, I, you're kind of almost forced to take the reality of the situation into into account. Um, I don't think he's overrated by any means. I just don't know if I would be willing enough to say that he's underrated. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I just think that like he's just rated so low among the pros and like the community that I just I just can't believe they could rate him uh 
could rate him that low, but I, I, I can see where you're coming from. I, I definitely don't think there's uh, a world to say he's overrated because of how low he is ranked. Uh, I would definitely disagree if you said he's overrated because, like, like I said, I, I think he's he's rated so low that it, it just doesn't, like, there's just no way you can say he's overrated at this point. Uh, maybe a couple of years ago you could, but I don't know. To me, he's underrated right now, but that's another one we differ on. And uh, the next one, I'm just going to say, uh, you're going to laugh that this one came up on the roll, but it's Cammy. I think you know where I stand on Cammy. Cammy is. I don't know if he's. See, I don't know if he's getting all the hype that he deserves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might say that he's still underrated. I'm going to say he's 100% underrated because I think people view him as the second best flex and I think he's the best. So that's why he's underrated. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because I think the general consensus is that Selium is the best flex. And let me tell you, if you're saying Selium is the best flex, you're like, you probably could be right. There's a good chance. But I still think that Cami is the best flex because he's doing more with less. I think he has a worse team around him than Selim does, which isn't a hot take at all, because obviously Selim is on a potential dynasty roster. Uh, I just think people are rating Cami as the second flex. And you even got like this talk of like Gunless could be like one of the top flexes this year, which I think he could, but like like they're talking about him being like the flex battle with Cam or with Selim and stuff. Like, did we just forget Cami exists? Cami is 100% underrated in my opinion, which is crazy to say because like he's a top five player, but the community rates Selim as number one, and I think Cami's number one. And once again, you're splitting hairs with that because they're both absolutely absurd, but I'm saying underrated. Yeah, I, I definitely think that he's uh, underrated. All right, we can do like maybe two or three more and then wrap things yeah. up if you're good with that. Uh, sounds uh, good to me. Ooh, we've got a really interesting one here. It was, I kind of put them, the way that they're on the wheel to spin, uh, they're like, like the teams are kind of clumped together and it went just past a, a player on the rocker and skipped over to Priesta. Oh, I love Priesta. <laughs> I know you're oh. a big Priesta fan and he he's interesting because like for the longest time he was an underrated player in the scene and then he became like one of the top players and everybody agreed he's a top player. I think he was kind of in that proper rating and then a lot of people last year were saying he was overrated. Yeah. Um, shoot. I don't... You know, I, I, I think his like... You know, if we're kind of looking at like his, he's he was up on a hundred thieves, then you know he kind of was like ho hum on phase. You know, he didn't really he, I mean, he wasn't the tiny tears, um, or Selium, You know, but uh, oh shoot, I I think he's gonna I think pre people's stock in Priesta right now is pretty appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, I I know I I've said like appropriately rated for a number of people, but I I definitely think that. I don't think people are, uh, you know, too like they're not calling Priest to like the best flex in the game or something. Like he's probably definitely like a middle fifty percent flex. You know, mm-hmm. um, he 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 definitely has his moments. He has his maps, but then he also like he turns in series where he just like he didn't do enough in the position. Um, I don't know, man. Uh, I love P Dog. I'm I'm gonna say he's appropriately rated. I I really hope he has like a a good year, but uh, I'm gonna say he's appropriately rated. Yeah, I'm going with underrated again. I know I've said underrated a lot, and you said appropriately rated a lot, but I'm going underrated because I I don't know. I I feel like 
he was so so highly rated going into last year. People were like, like there was people picking him for MVP last year and saying he was an MVP contender preseason. And obviously he didn't come close to living up to that. And now I think people are almost like writing him off in a way. And sure. they're just like completely missing him from their potential top flexes. Like I still see, see him being the third best flex, like at, at best, because I think it's pretty impossible to pass guys like Selim and Cami who are like absolutely generational, like MVP players. But I could see Priesta fighting for that third flex spot. Like there, there's a world where he is the third best flex. I, th- I think he has the potential for that. Uh, there's obviously a lot of competition with like Kenny and Gunless and uh, Illy. There's a lot of guys out there that could be could be right there with them. Uh, Krim maybe coming up this year. But I feel like Priesta is underrated because people are just like he had arguably like his worst year since he's been at the top uh, of of like the top level pro. He's had probably his worst year last year. He really struggled at the beginning. A lot of people were calling for him to be benched. Uh, instead of accuracy at the time that he was benched because Priesta was struggling so bad with the sub. Like when actually, no, not when actually was benched when major maniac was benched, uh, initially. And like when major maniac was flexing and then the Priesta was a sub, a lot of people were calling for Priesta to be taken out of the lineup as well, because he had struggled so much with the sub. So I feel like coming into this year, uh, he finished out the year stronger, but people are still like not talking about him being a potential superstar. And, uh, I think there's a world where if Minnesota successful, Priesta is a superstar. So I'm, I'm saying he's underrated coming into Vanguard. Oh, that's a really good analysis on that. Uh, I'm, I'm, you know, tempted to agree with you, <laughs> just for the purpose of like I really want to see Priest have a good year, and if I like, yeah. you know, maybe, uh, maybe say that people are sleeping on him. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that like you know, gr- ground floor of people that are like, yeah, Priest is gonna be like, he could have a really good year. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely see the upside with him. So I, I'm excited. Yeah. All right. We will do, uh, I think, like two more, but I just spun it and we got simp. I think we'll skip over him. I think I think we're both going to say properly rated. I mean, I mean, hell, the guy might be even underrated because people are putting him too low on their all time list or something. But I mean, we don't really have much to say uh, about simp unless unless you want to give me a wild take that he's overrated or something. No. (laughs) All right. I'm going to spin it one more time. See who we can get for our second to last one here. Uh, Ooh. We've got a we've got an interesting one. Uh boy, I'm kind of interested to hear what you have to say on this one. We actually got um Mr. Gizmo. Gizmo. Oh man. To me this is one that is almost like a skip over one too cuz we have so little knowledge on him. Uh so he 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 might be running the main, right? And then Zero might be running the flex. Yeah. It is like the the potential Okay. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I almost want to say London like as a team London is like getting a little bit too much hype. Mm-hmm. Uh so that that leads me to say that Gizmo is overrated. Um Yeah. I can see that. I can do that I, argument. I, I'm going to say that uh I'm going to say that he's underrated though. Based yeah. on, you know, people are really hyping up the sub duo. Um, of uh, nasty and Afro, but mm-hmm. I really think that it's going to come down. You know, it, it, you know, the sub duo can only take you so far, and they're they're only going to be as effective as their AR line is. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Call of Duty takes four players playing in like near perfect harmony to to win. So that's the reason why I think that you know Gizmo is kind of being slept on. Uh, and if he is, if he is to be as good as you know, 
a, a starting spot in the CDL would say he is, then I think that he's underrated right now. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. This is one that like my brain is just not allowing me to like say he's like he's overrated. I liked your I liked your point where you went with it where like you think the team is being a little overhyped, so you could call him overrated. I like that point. And then I think there's also like the team potentially being like underhyped a little bit because people are like saying like, oh yeah, like they're gonna fight for a playoff spot. Well, what if they're like almost a guaranteed playoff team? Like you can make the argument for underrated. It's just I'm going to say for now that he's properly rated because I feel like people are calling him like a very good player that has a lot of potential, but I don't hear people like giving him the superstar shout out potential. Like they're saying for like Pred and nasty and like Sib, a lot of people are calling them like rookie superstars. And I haven't really heard anybody saying like, yo, Gizmo was going to compete for the rookie of the year. It's more like the other three that I just named. So I feel like he's like properly rated and like the point that like people aren't saying he's going to be absolutely nuts, but people are saying he's going to be a good rookie, which like, to me is a good expectation to set for a rookie. Like don't say, Hey, this guy's rookie of the year. Like set him as like, yeah, he's going to be good. So I, I kind of like where he's at right now. Like we're, we're excited about him, but we're not ha- like having so much hype behind him that we're like setting ourselves up to be disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, I totally. I agree. All right. I spun the, the wheel one more time and it's just obsessed with phase and it shows selling him. So I spun it another time and uh, I'll take a screenshot for for the video because uh, nobody's gonna believe it spun him. But we we got the ginger ninja scump on here, and this is an interesting one. We can do one more after him because uh, it, it, people are gonna spam rigged for a uh, scump being on the list. But I, I think he's kind of a crazy one because I feel like at times, like by the green wall, he can be overrated because like they will literally say he's like the savior and like doesn't die on the map uh, because they love him so much. And then I think at times he is so underrated in the community because it's just like. Like when you're like the most popular in like anything, people just absolutely love to hate on you and love to tear you down. So I feel like I feel like it's almost like the green wall overrates him, not because he's like a bad player, but because they literally think he's like uh, like can do no wrong on the map. And then I think the community underrates him at times because because he's the most popular, they just love to hate him. Yeah. So are you gonna are you gonna say he's underrated or I'm gonna say to the general community he's underrated, yeah. Like if we're if we're, gonna, if we're taking out the green wall weight, then yeah, I think the yeah. general community underrates him a little bit. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I'm also gonna say that you know he's gonna need to to play like an underrated player this year if they're gonna want to win a yeah, major from... or champs. Uh, because you know he uh, not that you know Scump is like costing optic. Uh, you know he's a, a fantastic S and D player. He carries his weight in respawn. Um, but you know, we might need to see like him dropping a, you know, 1.2 or a 1.3 in a series. Uh, yeah, when, you when, know, when, when it really numbers. matters. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like if it's optic versus, you know, NYSL or phase or, you know, name your other like formidable SMG duo, like scump might have to win the day with like a 1.2, 1. 1.3, mm-hmm. uh, you know, might have to, you know, go above and beyond like even or like a 1.05 or something you know he might have you know slay out of his mind so i'm just saying like he might have to play like the underrated player yeah and they're also saying like a lot of people are saying in scrim scump has looked like their best smg uh, a lot of the time like he is putting up the biggest numbers which is crazy because i mean they've got shotzi who is a potential best player in the league kind of kind of guy so it's crazy to think that 
Scump could actually potentially be the best SMG in the team right now in scrims. I mean, I don't think that's going to continue. I think there's a pretty good chance Shotzi ends up being the best player in that team. But uh, but Scump, Scump is right there with him. Uh, I, I spun the wheel and got one more interesting one. If you want to do one more before we get yeah. to down bad, or you want to move on? No, let, let, let's do one more. Well, we spun our second Paris player. <laughs> you want me to switch off John, or you want to go with John? Let's do John. All right, I I kind of liked it too. Uh, I mean, I've said I know I've said underrated for more players, and we haven't said overrated because it, it is a little harder to say. Just like this player is overrated, but uh, I, I'm going underrated for John because I I like kind of like the temp situation. I think his stock is people will say he's like bottom of the barrel fringe league player. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I might say that he's overrated still. I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he kind of had the hype coming, you know, after missing a year mm-hmm. and then coming back in. Um, you know, he he did struggle for a, a period uh, with thieves, and then I don't know. I I think that he's kind of getting another another like flyer chance to be on a team, and you know, just the like the team and the resources around him isn't going to put him in the best situation. Uh, so unfortunately I might say that he's still a little bit overrated. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have the ground to stand on here. Not me because you have like the results to back it up. Cause we just recently saw him go out and drop like a point six in one in his one series at champs. So like you, I mean, you definitely have the ground to stand on here, but I think I also will use that like recent recency bias on John and in my favor a little bit and saying he's underrated because I mean, like, like I said, uh, people weren't expecting him to even get on a roster. Uh, and I, to me, people are thinking about him as a player that is like below league average by far and shouldn't be in the league. And where I come from is like, I think that if I look at this Paris team, uh, are they going to be probably towards the bottom of the league? Yeah. But if, if they're winning any matches, which I think is a huge if, but if they're having any success or at least being competitive, uh, I don't think it's going to be on the back of Decimate. And I don't think it's going to be on the back of uh, Fellow. I think it's going to be more like Temp and John, who I said are both underrated, kind of carrying their weight and doing a little extra and slaying out. Uh, and that's not, that's not saying they're going to be competitive. I think if they are, those are the two guys that are, are really going to be doing a lot to kind of propel that forward and make them competitive. And I, I think people think of John as lower than the 48th best player right now. And I just don't think that's true. I, I do think he's somewhere in that like high 30s, meaning like 38, 39, down to like the 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 low 40s, 41, 42, somewhere. I, I think he's a little bit better than like the bottom of the league, and I think people are literally calling him like below 48 right now. So that's fair. I think just just kind of by default on where the community has it ranked, I, I have him underrated. You got anything else to say on John, or you no, want to move on? No, to... I don't know. It's just like you know, you you want him like you want him to succeed, but at the same time, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, I I can also see because people are frustrated with him being in when when there's challenger players that maybe deserve a shot. Yeah, kind of similar to Temp. It's like, man, it's just like if they weren't on Paris and if they were surrounded by, you know, players that could propel them up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we can move on from that segment. That was a fun little segment to do, especially because it wasn't like pre-planned on who we were going to say. We just on it and went with it maybe there's some players you wanted to hear and maybe we can do that in in, in the next video if there's some requests for our, our thoughts on a player maybe we can we can throw that in a different segment in a video sometime but that was kind of a fun little exercise we have some other ideas to do with some stuff similar uh to that so stay tuned for that but now we can kind of go into uh 
our, our down bad sports moment of the week before we outro out the video and get out of here. I mean, this segment should just be kind of called like the weekly, like what's wrong with the Lions segment for Kyle. Cause uh, I think we're, are we going to visit the Lions again today? Oh, uh, you know, I was thinking of something else to do. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's, we got to stick with tradition, right? They don't have a win yet. Um, no, no. So yeah, Lions, uh, improved to oh nine and one or oh eight and one i can't i don't even know anymore um yeah they just uh they no surprise they lost to the cleveland browns um i was you know inches away from tweeting that i was gonna break my three-year moratorium <laughs> on yeah you told me you had in the drafts uh, i did i i had it saved i was gonna tweet it and then I, I i took my finger off the nuclear launch codes <laughs> and uh you know i i deleted it and instead i just like tweeted some very like down bad kind of like uh you know maybe he's gonna dan campbell is gonna get us the number one pick and get himself fired but i didn't i didn't call for his job you know check the transcripts i didn't call for his job i'm still giving him carte blanche um yeah so just another another week of pain and misery and uh <laughs> you know especially on a on a sunday it just gets the you wake up on sunday morning and you already have the scaries going so it's it's uh <laughs> it's it's not fun yeah yeah i i was i was thinking you were gonna you're gonna say lions because there's just always something to be down bad about the lions every week i was thinking you might go to the pistons there's the malice at the palace part two almost happening there so you're oh, I, about I'm, that. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> you're happy I'm, about the your Pistons but, fought. But I'm very uh, upset about how uh, LeBron's getting insulated and only getting a one-game suspension <laughs> for that. Um, you know, I don't know. It's it's uh, kind of BS in my opinion, but uh, I can't wait till we play them again. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be... It's always fun when you get those little rivalries like that, especially, like... I mean, I was in that position just a couple of years ago. The Bucks were terrible for a lot of years. Like the like the Pistons have been recently, and then you got the exciting pick to come in. And then like even though the team was like the Pistons are still not a, a super competitive team, but even though they're not as good, you kind of can feel the the tables turning a little bit where they're starting to get more heart and they're starting to care more. And now they've got the young guy who you could hope can be a superstar. Which with the NBA, you never know. Number one draft picks seem to bust a lot, but I mean, you've got the young guy there, and now they're starting to seem passionate and a lot of young feisty players. It's it's a fun time to be a fan when like you have like all this unlimited potential you can see coming in the future, and you're just like right. trying to watch the team realize it. Yeah. All right. Let's hear but, what, what, what's got you down bad in the uh, sports world. I just don't even like it, it's just been too good to me in the sports world. The Bucks haven't lost a game since our last podcast. Giannis dropped 48 on national TV on the Lakers. Uh, I mean, the, the Colts, Jonathan Taylor made his statement as the best running back in the league. If if you disagree, talk to a brick wall. I mean, that's that's might as well what you might as well do. I mean, he he now is leading the league with just under 1200 rushing yards uh, and second place is Derrick Henry who still, without playing the last three games, has 26 more carries than Jonathan Taylor, uh, and he has 300 less yards and three less touchdowns. So, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, after 26 more carries to even up with Derrick Henry, might be 500 yards more than him. Like, he's he's absolutely having a much better year than Derrick Henry. He needs to be inserted in the MVP conversation. Uh, maybe that's what has me down bad, the fact that more people aren't talking Jonathan Taylor for MVP well, because he's been he unbelievable. Had, he had 11 more carries than he has in any other game this season. Yeah. Uh yeah, he was just a workhorse this season uh this this past week. He got me 
51.9 <laughs> fantasy points in uh in my PPR or uh half PPR league. Yeah. Um rushed for four touchdowns, caught another touchdown, uh almost had 200 yards. Um just wild. Uh Yeah. You know, obviously he catapulted me to a victory in one of my leagues this week so uh, i'm i'm all aboard the jonathan taylor mvp hype train especially if you know they can make a run to the playoffs and everything yeah um, they're six and five now after that one and four start yeah and uh you know they have so much offensive explosiveness uh you know, they also did that against the bills who've just been a defensive powerhouse this year yeah. um, and they were allowing the lowest yards per carry to running backs yeah so just you know say that you know whatever you may but uh yeah i'm glad that you're not down bad about uh anything major this week i the, i was actually prepared uh on thursday night on, on one of my teams i have kyler murray uh and he's obviously missed the last couple of weeks and i have matt ryan as my backup who was just awful two weeks ago and then kyler we didn't know if he was going to play on thursday i was going to pick somebody else up completely forgot it was like one of my best friends in the world, one of the people I actually play COD with uh, for competitive. It was his 23rd birthday on uh, Thursday. He's a Falcons fan. They were playing the night. He's like, wow, I get to watch my team lose on my birthday. Great. Uh, he knew before they were going to play, they were going to lose. Uh, and I was just hanging out with him. We went out for some drinks and stuff uh, to watch the Falcons game. And I just completely forgot I had Matt Ryan in my lineup. And I also had their kicker. Matt Ryan got me one and the kicker got me negative one. So after my kicker and quarterback played on Thursday night, I had zero points. So I was just ready to just chalk it up and say that was my down bad moment. Uh, and then I had Jonathan Taylor on that team. Uh, so he, he picked up the slack and I won. So I was ready to say that. But yeah, I don't I don't have anything to be sad about in the sports world right now. It's it's a pretty good time to be a, a Bucks and a Colts fan right now. But I'm, I'm going to knock on wood because uh, we play the Buccaneers next week. So that could get a little little interesting. Tom Brady returns to Indy. All right. Yeah. You got anything else to talk about the Lions? Or are you ready for me to wrap? No, I'm I'm ready for you to put me out of my misery. <laughs> All right. Now that we're done with our weekly Lions segment, it's kind of becoming a staple here. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, this was this was a fun episode. Uh, a new segment. We brainstormed overrated, underrated players. Had a lot of news to talk about. We 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 were down bad in the middle of the podcast talking about how much Halo is just absolutely destroying us in every aspect right now here in the COD scene. Hopefully that turns around for us soon because we're kind of. We're kind of down right now in the COD scene, especially the competitive side of things. Uh, but that's going to do it for this one. If you guys enjoyed, please be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, as well as if you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow on there. Check us out. Come over to YouTube and check it out over here. Come over on Twitter and check it out. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Obviously, it's it's been growing like crazy. And we only expect to grind even more here as as the the CDL season kind of ramps up and we're actually officially talking about some matches and stuff. We're, we're ready to be on our grind as we have been uh, the past few months since Kyle joined. So I appreciate the support. Uh, that's going to do it for this one. We will see you next week with another episode and probably uh, another segment similar to what the second segment was, unless we get so much news uh, or maybe a random another process drop. But thank you guys so much for watching. We'll see you in the next one and have a great day, everyone.